God bless you guys. God bless the world, buddy. Let's go racing. This is the Loud Pedal Podcast. A very diverse cast of automobile racing characters. With your host, NBC Sports television analyst and part-time midget racer, it's D. Welch and Mr. Dylan Welch. Yeah, you damn right I got that out there. Oh, that stupid-ass flagman. They got a dumb-ass flagman they can't see. And an expert in only one category, food. Yeah, look how big those things are. Little meat on the bone there. And cook perfect. Well, sometimes racing, but mostly food. When you're talking a, a meal, like people I'm about to die, I will ask for 15 to 20 chicken wings. It's heavy lunch, Tyler Burnett. It's the Loud Pedal Podcast on Flow Racing. Heavy lunch, D. Welch with you on August 22nd. It is a Tuesday, and we are back on the Loud Pedal Podcast. We'll be joined by Richie Murray and Blake Anderson today to talk everything United States Auto Club and the All-Star Circuit of Champions. There is a tight points battle happening with the All-Stars. And with USAC SmackDowns happening and Logan CV just made history. What'd you think of all that, D. Welch? That's your obviously your your team, right? Abacus Racing. Brent Cox, it's our team, baby. Hot shakes on the car, everything, dude. Like we're we're big fans of Abacus and uh and uh CV wins at Macon and also the same day he wins at the Springfield Mile. Yeah, I've I've always thought that that day um was you know was one of the cooler days of the the schedule. And it used to be um it used to be Silver Crown at Springfield and a Power I race at Macon. Um, and I did that a couple of years when I was driving for Clawson. So we went, we were at Springfield, you know, for the mile for Brian. Uh, and then we, we jetted over and, and ran Macon that night. And Macon's an awesome racetrack for midgets. Uh, I mean, it's an awesome racetrack in general, obviously, but um, you, you know, you run a hundred mile Silver Crown race as grueling as that is. And then you still got to be, mentally sharp enough to go over and race on a little tiny bull ring like Macon. So um, I think that's a super, super impressive accomplishment, um, you know, and one that I, I think, and I hope, you know, people appreciate the, you know, the difficulty of doing something like that. So uh, pretty awesome. Bukovic and Yaley, the only other two to do it in one day. And uh, Richie's going to tell a story. And I'm going to let him tell you it uh, about the day he actually went to Terre Haute and saw Yaley. Uh, you know, one of the races he did the same day he did it in Milwaukee too. He he, he won at Milwaukee on the pavement, right? And then went to Terre Haute and won. Um, so Yaley did it, and then now Logan Seavey has done it. So we'll talk more about that. Also, the All Stars, Rudine Racing, and Clawson Marshall Racing are going at it. The closest points title we have probably seen on Flow Racing uh, since we have a you know since we have had the All Stars on Flow Racing. Uh, the best the best championship battle, of course. Uh, so far, 10 points separating Rudine Racing and Clawson Marshall Racing, and Zeb Wise now up to five wins. Sunshine won his first race back at Outlaw Speedway. The All-Stars are uh, pretty interesting right now. Yeah, it is. It's, it's um, you know, the, the owner points battle is, is super tight, and, um, you know, and Zeb is is leading the driver championship too and, um, and having a great year. You know, I think they've got enough races left that, um, neither one of them are, are, you know, kind of decided, like there's still plenty of racing left and plenty of time to decide those championships. A lot of big races left too. Um, you know, as Blake will kind of talk about. So, um, it's a, it's, it's a fun time of year right now, you know, to, you know, to, to not only, you know, be paying attention to the USAC stuff, but obviously the all-star stuff too, you know, that's, um, with the points battle. And then, you know, they got the Tusky coming up and of course, four crown at the end of the year. So, uh, a lot of cool events still to to come before they decide their champion. I'm heading to SmackDown. I know you're jealous. Um, it's the greatest week of Indiana Sprint Car Racing, and that's really not even up for debate. I mean, well, I guess Indiana Sprint Week would, would come close or or Indiana Midget Week because you get both midgets and sprint cars, but I like the fact that you don't have to drive everywhere. Uh, you know, during Indiana Sprint Week, you got to drive everywhere. We can stay at the best track in Kokomo, <clears throat> you know, the best track in Indiana, stay there all week and you know, get hammered and if you want and stay there and you know d welch you had your first beer there didn't you i did yeah smackdown's always kind of felt like a you know like a mini knoxville in a way um you know not quite to the scale of of the nats obviously but um you know it, it is unique in the sense that 
um, you know, you do get to just to stay there, you know, for, for four nights, um, or three nights, whatever it is. And, and, um, and just hang out and, and watch races. And it, you know, it seems to the party, you know, party vibe seems to be ramped up a little bit because people are not, you know, having to travel the next morning and, um, it's always a lot of fun. So yeah, that's one that, um, you know, I got to go back to a couple of years ago as just a fan and, um, you know, and do the, do the kind of tailgating thing. And it was super fun. And, and obviously you can't beat you know, non-wing cars at Kokomo for, uh, for big money. The purse just keeps going up every year. So, um, you know, if that doesn't, doesn't entice you to come out and watch it, um, I don't know what else will. Yeah, that's correct. Let's let's see what else uh, is going on in the world of Sprint Car Midget Silver Crown Racing with our Sun Dollar Restoration Hat Shakes of the Week brought to you by Sun Dollar Restoration. They're, be- they're based in Carmel, Indiana. They'll put uh, a roof on your house. They are water, fire, mold, restoration. Why do you laugh every time I start talking about Jason's I'm, company? I'm looking, at, I'm looking at your beard. You look, you're going for <laughs> you're going for the you're going for the Amish beard again. I thought you start thinking about like Jason and just how funny he is. <laughs> well, he is funny, but he, I'm laughing at your beard too. You need a brush. Looks, brush like, a dump, looks like a dumpster fire. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 as long as I've seen it in a while, but it's still patchy. I think it's I think it's looking pretty good. I just got a little bit of trim on it and I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to grow me a little beard here, you know. Sundollar.net, water, fire, mold, restoration in the greater Indianapolis area. We'll put a roof on your house. They're great people. They support race and they support they support Zebwise. Of course, uh Jason has his logo on their top wing and they've won a lot of races this year. So um it's been a good year for the Rodine Racing team, uh, you know, with Sundollar. They also support D Welch, he raced with Abacus Racing at the Chili Bowl. He's he's done a couple other Chili Bowls with them, and then uh, you know they they have supported a, a BC thirty nine and a couple of, you know a couple other things for you, uh, and then you know they have others as well. But sundollar.net, who was your hat shake this week? Man, I mean, I, I don't. It's hard to not give CV one. Um, you know, you know how I feel about giving winners hat shakes. I think that's a cop out, but um, that's a pretty you know, pretty cool, just badass thing to put on the resume. Right. I mean, that's, um, there was only, you know, there's only a select few guys that have that opportunity anyways, um, you know, to do that because, you know, there's only so many of them that run the silver crown race and then run the midget race too. Um, but just with as deep as both of those fields are right now, um, it's not like he lucked into either one of those, you know, and, and, and like I said, you know, the, the, the mentality shift that had to go on there between, you know, running the silver crown race first and then just switching over to a 30 lap, you know, bang the boards, you know, at making, you know, the little bull ring. Um, it just, I think it just speaks to, you know, the kind of year that CB's had, he's, he's, he's been so good and everything. And, um, you know, is, is well on his way to a, a national midget championship and um, is, is in the is in the fight for a silver crown title, too. So, um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he wins both. He's he's just having that kind of year. So um, I think got to give one to him. And and, yeah, the guys at Abacus, you know, they go from being a an upstart, um, you know, a year and a half ago to being, you know, perennial front runners in the midget series and they're you know partnered with with rice motorsports on the silver crown side and um they're they're winners so it's it's been an awesome uh awesome trajectory for them and and i'm happy for them yeah good story uh and, and abacus racing and they've been lights out in the midget he's got a massive points lead and he's likely going to win that title it's going to take a lot to beat cody swanson i think on the pavement uh there's two pavement races left two dirt races left on in the silver crown series to see if he can win that uh, other winners Tuesday, August fifteenth. Rico won at Houston's. That was another big win for him on um, the High Limit Series. James McFadden won at Jackson uh, on Thursday. Looking through uh, some of the other results and, and other the winners, it looks like Cap Henry won at Attica. Uh, Brent Bochamp won at Bloomington in the non-wing sprint car series. Congratulations to him. Uh, hopefully, he comes up to uh, you know Kokomo and runs All Stars. Of course, we mentioned Tyler Courtney won. Uh, an outlaw speedway. Danny Dietrich won at Williams Grove. There's, there's been a little drama there, right, with him and Freddie Raymer. Have, you, have yeah. you been seeing that? Yeah, a little bit. That's been fun to see him and Deweese going back and forth on Twitter too. Uh, looks like JJ Hickel won at Butler. The All Stars are getting ready to head there, so maybe he'll, um, 
be up there with those guys. Uh, other winners. Who, who won the Jackson Nationals? Macedo. James McFadden won, right? And then uh, did you say didn't Macedo? Didn't Macedo win it? I believe that's right. That is. Carson Macedo wins the Jackson Nationals. Uh, that'd be another good hat shake. And then Zeb wins at Sealands Grove. I'm going to give mine to, um, you know, the guy that won the uh, the race at Utica Rome, Danny Varon. Uh, cool story because last year, and, and Blake's about to tell us this, but he was in the woods, and I just pulled that clip from uh, our website. He was buried in the woods, do you watch, like 10 feet deep during the, during the feature, uh, and <laughs> they got him out. But the next year goes on and beats the All-Stars, his first national sprint car win, which was huge. Yeah, it's awesome. It's a good, uh, good turnaround. <laughs> from the woods, from the woods to victory lane, baby. Uh, congratulations uh, to the New York guys taking down the All-Stars in New York. That's my hat shake. All right, let's get to Blake and, well, who's first? I think it's, is it Blake first? Yep, that's correct. Let's get to Blake first. You notice we're wearing different clothes because we forgot to record an open, uh, you know, the other day, but Blake first, then Richie. This is the Loud Pedal Podcast on Flow Racing. Thanks to our partners at Sun Dollar Restoration uh, for supporting us with the Sun Dollar Hat Shake. We'll see you all at Kokomo for the Sprint Car Smackdown. All race fans, get on your feet, make some noise. The Imsol USAC National Sprint Car Series. speed down to the inside crossover slide job on kevin thomas jr let me ask you are you getting your money's worth he's looking for a thirty-five thousand dollar payday here at kokomo speedway oh he's off the wall in the front straightaway up and over into the fence came off Oh, he's got the big check. Welcome to Kokomo Speedway. And we're back on the Loud Pedal Podcast. We promised Blake Anderson, the voice of the Tezos All-Star Circuit of Champions, as he does each and every week. We're on the Loud Pedal Podcast. Joins the show. Blake, what's up? You guys had a little bit of a break there, but you raced three races. Uh, and Sunshine's back. That's the biggest story, right? Yeah, sunshine's back. Owner points battles tight. Races are winding down. I think like 10, 12, 10 or eleven races left. So we're kind of on the home stretch of our season, which is hard to believe. It's it's always amazing. I feel like it takes so long to get to the Knoxville Nationals, and then you get to mid July and you snap your fingers and it's there. And then you look and it's the end of the season. We're at four crown nationals. So it's kind of the the fun part of the season now is we've got pretty much major events every weekend to finish out our year. Yeah, you guys have got what, like just a mo- almost a month left until four yeah. crown. Right. So it's, and, um, and, and yeah, so talking about the owner points, it's 10 points, right. Separating yep. the redeem 26 and the Claus and Marshall seven BC. So, um, what do you, what do you think about the summer that everybody's had? I mean, Zeb's obviously been lights out and, um, you know, is in a, and is in a good spot, obviously on the driver points too, leading that. So he's, he's kind of in the driver's seat here. Yeah. It's going to be a fun one gonna be a fun one to watch kind of end zeb has always kind of lamented that he he's not great on half miles and what he do on sunday at a big half mile at sealings grove speedway in pennsylvania he goes out and wins on the half mile which is pretty interesting because he, as i said he's always said i stink on half miles he said it in victory lane they had the ford motor in on sunday and that thing seemed to hit really good anytime brent marks was able to close in zeb kind of found another gear and would get by another lap car and kind of get him brent back in that dirty air that brent mentioned in his interview that felt like every time he'd close in Zeb would get him back in a little bit of dirty air so it'll be interesting I mean we go to Attica in two weeks and that's always a place that Zeb's gotten around very very well Sunshine's swept an Attica weekend there and then two races at Port Royal or points the final one is not so the Tuscarora 50 is just show up points and then we got Fremont and Zeb gets around Fremont pretty well Sunshine's that's maybe he doesn't really have any weak points, but that's maybe one of his tracks that he's not the strongest at. And then Eldora, obviously, we finish at. And that, boy, there are a few tracks that Sunshine gets around better than Eldora. So it's really interesting. It's like every other weekend we kind of go to one of the two strong points. Yeah, this is explain be- to I was gonna- go ahead. Okay, explain explain the points the points real quick and just 
the the owner points and why the driver points are important, but the owner points is kind of the, the big one, right? That that all the teams really care about. Yeah, the owner points is what we pay, and that's the eighty thousand dollar championship. The driver points is more so just a title, and we'll honor the driver champion even if it's different. Say, Clawson Marshall gets it, Zeb wins the driver championship. But the way we look at it is, man, the owner is the one that has all the money on the line. They're the one that has the major investment. And we kind of leave it to the driver to cut their deal with the team and, and stay out of that mess of given, you know, deciding how much the driver gets. We leave it to the driver to cut their deal with the team owner on how much of that owner's points or how much of the points championship fund they get. And the points being so close, 10 points. I know we everywhere you talk, oh, the points are so close here. Well, the points for us, it's 150 to win, 146 for second drops by two from there. And you only get points in the feature. So, I mean, that's five positions or a win in four positions or a win. Uh, yeah. So it, it's really, really close. Every position in every A main is going to matter for the rest of the season. Yeah. Every night, each one of those guys has to figure out where they're, they're at, you know, and, uh, you know, figure out uh, how they are going to beat each other. You know, you, you talked about Tyler Court. He did win the, the finale last year at Fremont. So uh, even though he's not that good there and they hadn't been there previously to that, he still won the, uh, the finale, the last time we're at Fremont. And of course, the finale shifts to Eldora Speedway now, which, you know, Sunshine and Eldora, they go hand in hand, right? Uh, Zeb kind of struggles uh, there a bit. But, you know, some speed the last time he was there and made a couple of World of Outlaw shows. Uh, you know, obviously, Attica and Fremont, probably two of best Zeb, you know, two of Zeb's best racetracks. Uh, just being there locally in Ohio, racing a lot, you know, cutting his teeth, you know, early on in his, his racing career. So, um, it's going to be fun to see what the, the points battle can be here towards the end with the owner's title, right? Zeb's likely going to lock up uh, the driver's championship, but the owner's title is what matters uh, uh, with the Tezos All-Stars. So we're going to see see what happens here coming towards the end. You mentioned Sunshine coming back from injury. Um, they, it was a back injury, right? I mean, you know, yeah. a spinal cord injury, um, yeah. you know, quick, quick recovery, I think, you know, from some of the injuries that we've seen and he's back already. And he won in the first race. He returned at Outlaw Speedway. We've seen a couple of injuries this year, you know, like Justin Peck, Zeb Wise, Tyler Courtney. All of them have rebounded and been faster when they got back in the race car. I think that's just hunger, right? It's really interesting. Zeb mentioned it to me this week. I didn't I didn't even think about it until he mentioned it. As Zeb returned from injury after, if you remember, his concussion at Eldora in May, his first race back was Outlaw Speedway. And what he do in May at Outlaw with the All-Stars, he won. So, back-to-back times at Outlaw this year. The driver that has won, it's been their first race back in the seat in a couple of weeks. So it really has been an interesting year. And sometimes the wrong way, we mentioned injuries with those two, you know, guys getting hurt and being able to bounce back. Sunshine, very lucky that it wasn't a broken back. He just compressed some vertebrae. So that that was a big relief when we found that out that, hey, you know, he, he's probably going to be back before the end of the season. Because I'll say, you know, after, after kind of hearing the initial diagnosis in – July, I thought, boy, Tyler's going to be lucky to be back by the end of the season. And it may be one of those deals where is it better if he just sits out for the rest of the year and comes back in 2024 full steam ahead? Well, he's feeling good. He, he obviously looks good. His, his runs this weekend, first, second, and fourth show that there's no rust there right there. Tyler told me, oh, if you just seen my hot lap session, you just said there's rust. I said, well, there was. It didn't take long to shake it off. And then uh, we go to, to Utica, Rome, and we get a new winner, right? So yeah. uh, that was uh, it was it was a busy weekend, but a, a cool weekend for you guys too, and, and a lot of a lot of good storybook book uh, winners. Yeah, last year Danny Varen was in the woods, literally in the woods. We had to take a I don't know forty five minute break to peel him out of the woods over in turns <laughs> three and four. And this year he's in victory lane, and we go into those New York tracks knowing that Danny Varen is going to be a contender. It was kind of one of those things where. It was just a matter of time before he beat us at the Outlaws. He obviously was ne- nearly upset the Outlaws at Weedsport earlier this year, I believe it was, and he's so fast. Last year, he missed his qualifying time, had to scratch in the heat, came from the back of the B, transferred, and then was moving forward in the A until he ended up in the woods. So he's a guy, when we go to New York, we know is going to be fast no matter where we are, whether it's Ransomville, Weedsport, Utica, Rome. So that uh, I talked about in the broadcast with Chris Moore that announces at Utica, Rome, how if Danny Varen wins. Is it an upset? I mean, you might call it an upset, but those of us that know Danny Varen know that I don't really know if it's an upset. 
Yeah. That's one of the coolest parts about the national touring series of the Tesla's all-stars is that they go into regional sprint car areas that are highly competitive and locally um, they have guys that can win locally and dominate locally. Right. We've seen like Craig Mintz win with, with Ohio. Right. Um, you know, and, and, you know, of course, Pennsylvania, you can't go to Port Royal without getting beat a couple times by, you know, Wagner or Lance DeWeese or, or someone like that. I, I was talking to Kevin Lovey's, who is the crew chief for Paulie Giovanni. Um, and he said, one of these New York guys is going to take down the all-stars this year. And it's, it's because it's because of how slick those racetracks are. They're so damn slick. They're, they're slicker than Ohio tracks. It, yeah. it seems like, and, and those guys just have the grip and I don't know what it is, but um, it was cool to see that guy, you know, Danny win. And, and that's, that's a funny story. You see, he was peeling out of the, the woods, it took 40 minutes to peel him out of the woods. That's a little bit of redemption. Yeah, it's. I feel like New York's a little bit underrated. Obviously, our car counts aren't huge there because there's not a lot of four tens. But we're seeing. I feel like more of those teams get four tens because we're there more. The outlaws are there. There's more of a reason, and 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 Central PA is not terribly far. So that's encouraging that we're starting to see a lot of these New York teams that three or four years ago, before the pandemic, were running with us and running with a 360, now running with us in a four ten. Yeah. You see a lot of some of those guys win with the with the 360s, right? I remember going to Fremont one night and seeing Paige Poliak with the 305 hammer down just flat to the floor against the 360s and whooped their ass yeah. uh, at Fremont with a 305, right? Like you you see that happen just with how slick it is. You don't need motor. You see it sometimes in pavement racing too, right? At Berlin, um, some of those super late model guys can get beat by those crate late model guys. Uh, like Evan Shaco, you know, he can beat the super late models uh, just because. It's throttle control. It's this difference in throttle control, right? It's it's an easier throttle control if you have less power um, yep. on some of those th- on on some of those uh, slick race tracks. So <clears throat> yeah, fun to see fun to see him win. And then uh, Zeb wins the next night. Zeb just the year he ha- is having is tremendous. I mean, five wins. That team was not good last year. I mean, they, they will admit to you that that at the end of the year they were struggling bad. That they, they didn't know what to do. They picked up Tyler Tessamaker, and they have been just incredible and and to compete with Clausen Marshall racing, no matter the drivers they've had in their car uh, with Anthony Macri in their car, who's still a tremendous talent. And then, you know, uh, Tyler Courtney and Corey, well, Corey day ran in a high limit race, but um, you know, what, what the 26 is doing is, is the story of the year so far. I agree. I mean, you, you look at last year and the 26 struggled and really Zeb got in the car and didn't light the world on fire. They went through a couple of different crew chiefs. They got the win at the, at the dirt, or excuse me, at, um, to Larry at the end of the season. And that was kind of like, well, maybe a little bit of momentum, made some changes. They went down to Florida and struggled, and Zeb was at it with his crew chief down there. And then they said, hey, Tyler Testamaker has been our team manager, former crew chief. Let's slide him into the role. And they go to Williams Grove and be- beat the posse at the Williams Grove season opener. And that, at that point, it was kind of game on. And obviously five all-star wins this year, a Williams Grove win. They're, they're winning at racetracks that – were Zeb's weak spot. I mean, and we're talking weak spot, like missing the show weak spot, not making the show and running 15th. We're talking not even transferring out of the B main a year ago. And now he's, he's rolling into victory lane at these racetracks. So it's really been fun to watch his maturation in year four with the all-stars. And you think, man, it's year four. The, the kid is 20 years old. He's not even 21 yet. And he's already doing these things. So some future bright spots in our, in our sport certainly come in this direction. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say is that, it, I mean, it seems like he's been around forever because he kind of has because he was running midgets when he was, you know, 14 or 15 or whatever. But like he's still, you know, he's like still growing as a human being and maturing <laughs> as a human being. And and now he's, you know, he's maturing as a race car driver too, kind of right in front of our eyes. So it's, it's uh, I think all the, you know, the hype and kind of expectations that maybe was on him when he when he made this jump with the success he had in the midgets. Uh, he's he's living up to it now, it seems like. Yeah, you think the year he's having is pretty darn incredible. And they obviously, when he was in his own wife's pretty 10, they had their spots where they were super competitive. They just had some spots when their their bad nights were really, really, really bad and their good nights were good. And when you're racing Tyler Courtney night in and night out, you can't ha- your bad nights have to still be in the top 10. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Uh... It's going to be fun to see what happens here towards the end of the year with the uh, Tezos All-Stars and their points battle, and uh, Blake gets a front seat for it. They go to Butler and Tri-City this weekend in Michigan. Those are my home tracks now. How many home tracks do I have, D. Welch? 50? Uh, you're like the Truex. You're like the Truexes. 
He is. The Martin Truex Juniors of uh, of home tracks, right? But um, no, uh, Berlin is 55 miles. That's my home, home pavement track. Well, not 55 miles, 55 minutes, 35 miles. Uh, Butler's about 50 minutes, but I have to go to the Kokomo SmackDown, unfortunately, Blake. So I'm going to miss the two Michigan races that the All-Stars come through my state. Um, but they happen this weekend. And then Attica, of course, uh, can't miss Attica. Another one of my home tracks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> next week with a doubleheader. And then the Tuscarora 50. And we must preview that before we uh, get on to our concession stand items. Um, I was just talking to Tim Truex yesterday and we were talking storylines heading into the Port Royal Speedway and that event. Uh, we're going to see the same cars that we saw last year, but all of them have different <laughs> drivers in them. Uh, the 69K has Logan Wagner in them. Hunter Schoenberg is going to be in the one, the Zemco car. Uh, Anthony Macri, what is he going to be? Is he going to be with any uh, race parts? Is he, Bernie going to go out there? I, I think you might see him in a familiar car that – like back I, I in the family that. car? Or what? I, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't have any intel there. I just kind of – my gut says you're going to see him back in the 39M at the Tuscarora 50. That would be a sweet team of him and Lance DeWeese, right? Uh, those two oh, guys boy. just – You one, two. It wouldn't be a huge it, surprise. No, it would not be. Um, you know, Lance just ran – I think he ran second. Second. Uh, weekend, yeah. Turn four. Devin Borden looks way faster than I thought he was going to be this year, and oh, he has a chance wow. to really win that race, don't you think? Well, you look at his crew chief, who's his crew chief? It's Jim Shuttlesworth, who was Anthony's crew chief a year ago, and Jim obviously knows how to get a car around Port Royal quite well, and Devin is not scared to stand on it, so very kind of similar to Anthony. So I think Devin Borden, although I don't – it's weird. He's leading points. They're having a great season. I don't think he's on a lot of people's radar to win the Tuscarora 50. And I think, man, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I think that was his fifth win at the at Port Royal on Saturday. Watching him run the top the way he did was amazing. When he on that last lap, when he closed in like yeah. that, it was unbelievable. We were kind of watching it sitting in the booth as one of the sport divisions is on the racetrack. It's like I, I we were watching up there. I think Borden's going to win this thing. Like. Lance is kind of out there floating through the middle, doing Lance yep. things. I think he had no idea that Borden was up there just absolutely ripping the fence down. Yeah. I think this is going to be my uh, fourth Tuscarora 50 in a row. And it's right. it's wild to see um, how much these guys grow in their bravery. Oh. Right? Like, you have to be 100% brave to be willing to find Jesus going into turn three. And, like, I'm serious. Like that's the only speed. That's the only way you can carry speed is if you just absolutely do not give an F uh, entering those corners uh, at Port Royal. And Borden has finally got that right. Like he he was good. Like he was a top ten car for a little bit, but now he's ready to you know get up on the lip and, and win this thing. He's ready to jump. And obviously t- Port Royal. I mean, there's a lot of good memories there through your four years. So I really hope you get a Chevy Spark as a rental car just so we can revive those <laughs> memories and see ketchup stains down the side of it. But uh, yeah, it's. I tell you, there is something magical about watching those guys just, for lack of better words, rip the fence. I mean, they literally are on the fence in three and four. And you're right. I mean, you you close your eyes, pray to God you make it off of turn four. It's the goal. That basically is the goal. But this event, though, um, you know, there's a reason why it's my fourth in a row, right? There, there are not very many events that I, I have been to for four straight years. Of course, the Chili Bowl. Um, you know, King's Royal weekend, you know, the million, right? Like you, there are just about five, you know, I would say five to 10 races every single year that you have to go to. And to me, the Tuscarora 50 is one of them. Um, just because, you know, not only because of the racing and, and just how fast that place is and the speed. And um, to, me, it's the best, going, to me, it's the best racetrack in Pennsylvania. Um, and I don't, I'm not sure it's even close really um, as far as racing rise, but then off the track, the food, the fair, <laughs> uh, like, just the atmosphere. They shove literally thousands and thousands of people into that infield just to have a party. And then all the stands, you you can't get a seat. Like it is one of the biggest parties in sprint car racing. And that day is a holiday in Pennsylvania. It really is. It is it is a massive, massive race. And you have to get to it sometime, right, Blake? I can't where believe it's it? not long to get to the food, Dylan. I was gonna say, where does it where does this event rank on your on your food power rankings? Gotta be well, on food power ranking, it's got to be near P1. Like, yeah, 
It's just incredible. what you can get in the matter um, in the matter of a day, or you know, not only in a matter of a day, but you're there for four days. Just what you can get food wise in the, in the what Tyler eats in one day is what most people eat in four days. That's why he had he yeah. was confused there. Well, I'm yeah. supposed to be on a diet here, but this is not going to be good. No, it's a seafood diet. It's not, <laughs> this is not going to be been good. on a diet for been on a diet for two weeks and only lost 14 days. <laughs> oh man! Thank you. Barbara. I tell you. So here's here's my question for the fifty heavy launch. How many trips to the church stand? I typically only do one uh, a week, but you know I know there's the day and Turkey there's day. Some, there's some other uh, media members who could kill five in a day, like five in a day. Yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna point out who they are, but I'd be asleep. It's uh, like it's Thanksgiving, Dylan. So I mean, five in a day, I'd be a nap. Don't you agree? Yeah, like one, like one a week, maybe, maybe two. Yeah, one to two. I'll usually do. Two. I'll do a ham, and then I, I'm not a huge turkey guy. Like it's, it's okay. It's just so dry. So beef, beef is the way to go. I'm telling I'll, you right now. I'll go back and do one of those. But it's tremendous. The the applesauce is money. Yeah, oh, I love some good applesauce. It is Your applesauce really good. is money, Dylan. It's homemade. Oh, it's incredible. I love that. Yeah the uh, the mashed potatoes and gravy. Yep. What, is it? what is it like mashed potatoes and gravy? Corn stuffing. Stuffing and beef, and your right? and applesauce. Beef. Yeah, oh, oh dude. And I'll tell you, there's there's a little Amish burger stand there, and then the stuffed pretzels. Stuffed oh, pretzels yeah. are a must. I I went to the Amish stand. Stuffed with what? You can get barbecue or buffalo chicken, all sorts of stuff in. Like it's ham yeah, and cheese. Was it the buffalo chicken one you said you liked, Blake? The with that's the, my the favorite one. And stuff. Yeah, buffalo chicken or ham and cheese are too money. Your Lori Yingling always brings me one every year. The chicken wing place is amazing. Those yeah, I reviewed those a couple years ago. Yeah, those chicken wings are very very good. The donut place is good. Um, (laughs) I want to see Tyler now, Dylan. You can relate here. I want to see Tyler do one of the rides in the, you know, in the carnival, like the Ferris wheel or something like that. No. The Ferris yeah. wheel, like it's these little cages you get in, they pull the cage down over you. I want to see him just ride in that. Just all <laughs> they, they do like some crate, like so. This is like a kind of a small fair, right? Like if 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 you're um you know at your local fair or whatever, it's like the going, fair that you get horror stories from. Like I ride went to the state fair in Indianapolis, so he doesn't even know what a real fair is. But like, okay, uh, I've been to Belleville. Yeah. I know what a, I know what a local fair is. The Belleville Iowa right, State right. Fair's king. Local fo- small fair. So what you see is some wild shows, right? Like, um, you know, towards towards the beginning of hot laps, like about two hours before hot laps, maybe right before pit gates open, you'll see some girl climb up onto this board, right, and get strapped up there, and some guy throwing knives at her. Like, you just see some wild stuff. Maybe I should get on one of those boards or oh, something. We, that's what we should do is, is <laughs> put you up there on a board and have people throw knives at you. That's a big target. A couple of years ago, they had the those little balls that you'd get in, like the human balls, you know, that you run into people. Oh, yeah. And all, all the All-Stars officials did that, but Iowa, Iowa State was in overtime, so I was a little preoccupied, so I missed out on that. See, I want to do that. <laughs> I want to just plow into somebody in one of those things. Imagine running into heavy lunch. You'd be like running into a wall. Yeah, would, he'd probably send you into the treetops. Yeah, it'd be like put you into orbit. <laughs> yeah. The food, <laughs> trust me, the food is tremendous. I think my P one food for fairs is French fries, just because yeah. I think I think it's I think the fair has the best French fry. I'm not a hand cut French fry guy. No, uh, no, I think they're terrible. Get out of here, bro! Like, not a fan. Well, what kind do you what What are your preferred fries? Just like regular French fries. I don't know. I mean, I just don't like hand cut. I mean, just like your it's a lot me, of potato. Yeah, I mean, give me McDonald's or you know something like that. Like I don't know. I'll point them out the ones I like. They have a little a lot of potato. Yeah, it is. No, it's no, like, because hand cut fries are usually more thin than like a than like a crinkle cut fry. Crinkle cut fries are just all potato. That's disgusting. Or like a steak fry. Like that's not one. I know a lot of people would say like a steak fry is their favorite. That's just not my. I favorite. like shoestring fries are solid. Yeah, they're good. Like a uh, you know steak fry. You know steak, steak and shake. Right. Yeah. Like, pretty good. Freddy's whatever. But um, no, the the fair fry is the P one to me. But um, all right, so that's all the food we can talk about. That's our concession stand segment. There you go. Go go to port. We don't need to do anything else for a concession stand segment because this is the number one spot for food in sprint car racing. Hundred percent accurate. You're an Oxbow guy too. I mean, I have wine. Yeah, it is. I mean, 
it's it's there's more options than Knoxville, which is good. I mean, I had the Cattlemen twice. I had it with Dave Argabright on Saturday. That was good. Hawaiian chicken can't go wrong with that in Knoxville. But boy, just the options at the Petuskey 50. And you know, Dylan, there's a donut truck there. You know that heavy lunches. See, I could I could tear up some donuts though too. So yeah. I'd probably be right there with them on that. They got all the custom donuts, you know, the goofy yeah. ones. The, you know, cereal on top and oh yeah i like yeah. a good philly cheese stick too there's a good there's some good ones there too so anyways there's a lot of options we rated it sounds like you got to be there for a whole week just to try everything you really you do. do no you, you got to be there for four years because i haven't tried everything yet like like we still i'm just been so excited to go there but all right we rated the food there before we get you out of here who who would you rate your five favorites going into the tusky 50 before we oh, get out geez. drivers or food drivers yeah. not food, not food. We're, we're talking on track drivers yeah. All right. If I'm assuming Macri's back in the 39M, I got to put him in the mix. He'll find a ride no matter what, right? Yeah. And I think he'll be tough. I think, you know, obviously, I think people are blowing up him struggling in the Clawson Marshall car. I mean, I don't know. I think he did as you could expect in a new ride, new tracks, motor, engine combination different, crew different. I mean, everything. There's a lot of factors in there and pressure right out of the gate. So I think Macri will be tough. Lance is. Lance at Port Royal. I'm going to be really interested to see what Logan Wagner can do in the one and Devin Borden. And then I, I, I feel like Tyler Courtney has been faster through the years. Can he be in the mix? So I got, I think that's, he, he gets around there. Good. He's, we've seen, he's fearless running the high side. And that's, as you mentioned earlier on in this, you got to be fearless running the high side there. So those are maybe my five guys I'm keeping an eye on. I'm sure I'm overlooking guys obviously, but off the yeah. top of my head, spur of the moment right now, boom, there you go. Wagner, well, Wagner will be with Kreitz. Yep. In the 69K, and the one yep. will be Schurenberg. Um, I would say my top five, just how it ended up last year. So Wagner's been fast enough in the 69K. I'd put him in the top three. Uh, Deweese will be in the 39M. He'll be he'll be a factor. I'm going to put Devin Borden in my top five, just the way he looked the other night. Um, you know, Zeb and Courtney, I think, are, are, the, two, are the two best all-star chances. Now, Zeb is hasn't been um, that good at Port Royal, but just the speed he's shown recently, that yeah. speed can take you to the front. So at least make you to a top five, top 10 car. So um, who else we got? You know, so Wagner, Deweese, Macri, uh, who else did I say? Borden. And then who would be my fifth? One of those guys, maybe, maybe like a, a Sisney or somebody. Sink okay. him in. I, that, would that I, be will say, I do expect because it's a show up points on the show. I would, not be surprised if Rudine has the Ford in. They had it in at Sealands Grove and whooped them. So I, I expect the Ford to be in at the Tuscora 50. Yeah. Will we see guys like Marks? Will we see anybody else come yeah. over and try to steal some big money? Oh, 100%. We'll have, we'll have, we'll be over 50 cars. Nice. All right. Big week in Port Royal that week for the Tuscora 50. Don't miss it. It'll be my fourth straight. And is it a holiday in Pennsylvania? Blake, thanks for coming. Me and so Brandon Paul's coming, uh, which is going to be his first Tuscore 50. I'm excited for him to uh, experience that. He's been to Port Royal before, like for short track super series and all that. We're getting we have an Airbnb uh, 35 minutes away. Okay, so you're you're in at Port Royal terms, you're close, close, yeah, yeah closer than Harrisburg. I'm, I'm yeah, done driving here, like we're like 25 minutes away, I think. So that's yeah. nice, you can get some fair food and enjoy and hang out, drink some beers with the, the Port Royal gang after, you know. Does, have Brandon drive me back home. You're be your brother Earl. <laughs> you and Earl. That's right. Back together. Old Earl. That's a good call by him the, the other night. Uh, I'm sure you'll get a picture of Earl, and I will make sure to get a picture of Earl and Tyler, the brothers, together. I have one of those from uh, from World yeah. Finals a couple years ago. It's one of my Peter. favorite pictures ever. Peter. Richie Murray's next. Thanks, Blake, for coming on the show. All right, thanks, guys. (laughs) This is the Loud Pedal Podcast on Flow Racing. Welcome back to the Loud Pedal Podcast on Flow Racing. Richie Murray from the United States Auto Club has joined us to talk of everything United States Auto Club, and it was a big week for them. Uh, History made by Logan Seavey winning both a midget race, well, actually, if you do it in the right order, a silver crown race at the Springfield Mile and then Macon National Midget Series race the same day. 
And Richie, correct me if I'm wrong, that's the third time that's ever been done. Is that accurate? Yep, that's the third third ever time it's happened. Um, it, it, it's kind of ironic how, or I don't know, kind of weird how it worked out. The first guy to ever do it back in 1967 to win two USAC national races in one day was Billy Vukovic, who passed away a day after uh, Logan CV became the third driver to do it. And uh, so Billy Vukovic did that back in 1967, won two midget races in one day out in Colorado. And then uh, the next time it was done was 2004. And J.J. A, 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 Yaley got it done in a midget in the morning out at Milwaukee. And then they had to travel down to Terre Haute for a sprint car race. And uh, Yaley went 10th the first on the first lap to win that deal. So. It was, uh, it was, it, it's funny. I, I guess now I've been at basically half those. I was at three of those six races that have been done. And like, I remember the Terre Haute one, um, they actually had to fly down after the Milwaukee race and they had, we had to wait so long. There was such a big delay. They ran the entire modified program before the sprint cars even went out for hot lapping. So we had to wait for the drivers and officials to get all down there and, I don't think things really got started till like eight thirty or nine, but then it was straight through about sixty-five sprint cars <laughs> getting through there. But uh, Yaley made it memorable. It, it's crazy to start tenth and run away with it, but he did. And then, you know, all these years later, get to see it again. And uh, you know, we, there was two drivers that had a possibility to do it that that ran both. That was Logan Phoebe and Justin Grant. And they finished first and third in the Silver Crown race out at Springfield. And, uh, you know, CV got it done late there. And then we all had to hustle over to Macon about 44 miles to the east and uh, got out of there. And, and, you know, Logan did it, uh, you know, right off the bat in qualifying. You look at the sheet and say, look who qualified sixth quick. <laughs> Logan did. And, you know, that's, you know, it basically put him on the front row for the feature. If I ever, if he transferred through everything, okay, he got through his seat race perfectly. And then, you know, at that point it's like, man, it's his to lose. <laughs> he, he's just dialed in. He's got, he's got that midget. So dialed in, I mean, the silver crown car on dirt, they're incredible. They're almost unbeatable on dirt right now, but the midget, they've got a huge point lead, the USAC national midget points. And now they've just reeled off nine straight podium finishes. I mean, when you do that, <laughs> you're going to be hard to beat. And there's actually only like two other drivers who've done that in the last 10 years. And I think it's Rico Abreu and Tyler Courtney. So this is a nine in a row on the, on the podium, getting interviewed after the race pretty much every time. That, that's going to be hard to beat. He's got a huge lead in the championship. And, you know, it, if he just keeps doing what he's doing, he's going to get this in the bag too. get an, another championship after his uh, 2018 title. And I think the thing too, that makes it the most impressive is that the midget field is deep, right? I mean, I mean, all across the board, I mean, all three series are, are, are in a good spot right now, but um, the midget field is competitive from top to bottom. So it's not like he's just having to beat, you know, six or seven cars every night. Like it's, you know, that's a legit, really, really impressive stat that he's beating that many guys every single night. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we were going back to Wayne city on Friday night where um, he went 10th to second. So, you know, it's not like he's just started up front, even when he gets right. a little buried, he's able to get up there. And, uh, and, you know, the podium was all veterans that night. You had Tanner Thorson winning and you had a, a CV second and uh, Zach Dom third. So pretty much about the uh, three most seasoned guys ran uh, one, two, three in that one. And, um, you know, CB's got a little more experience than these guys. He's been around for, so you don't want to call him an old man. He's 26 years old. <laughs> but uh, compared to a lot of them, they're, you know, he's the veteran of this crew. And, um, you know, it, it's just been impressive. And, and even more, almost as impressive, maybe more impressive as the, uh, the emergence of a new team. I mean, there was just a couple of years ago, that team didn't even exist. So they kind of, I think during COVID, they were, the, the car owners are just watching, the, I think it was the double double at Kokomo and late in the year at 2020. And they, you know, gotten the idea, you know, we should start a midget team. 
that looks a lot of fun. So they got into it and, you know, they kind of started out a little bit last year in the middle of the year and then got really going out West coast, ran two cars and they, uh, they just came along and <laughs> were able to, they had their ups and downs and turbulence, uh, out west they ran well one night then kind of had a mechanical failure the next night but they got that all figured out and they had the one midget week uh, deal where they were they were on the verge of winning circle city and and broke on the last basically two three laps to go since that point is when they haven't finished off the podium so it's those lessons learned that they pick up quickly and and they don't seem to make, make the same mistake twice <laughs> We're a big fan. We're a big fan of Abacus Racing, right? Uh, Hatshake logo has been on some of those cars uh, all year long. And then D. Welch, uh, well, he didn't make the game in with it, but uh, <laughs> the Chili Bully ran the car uh, for Brent Cox. And the, the one thing that I was thinking about, just how good that team is right now, how good CV is in that car. Um, this He's doing all this after he won his biggest race of his entire career at the Chili Bowl uh, in a different midget. So when he goes back to Tulsa this year, what is he going to do? Is he going to go back into the car that just won the Chili Bowl? Or is he going to run in the car that's been dominating outdoors all year long? Like, he has to decide which, who he wants to run for. And if it were me, I'd probably run for Abacus, to be honest. I mean, you can't go wrong. He might run Abacus uh, for himself and then run his Alex Shanks in the Swindell car. So... Or maybe no, Brent Cox would be like, let's team up. Maybe Brent Cox would be like, let's team up with Kevin and let <laughs> Kevin wrench on it. I think that'd be a good story, don't you think? Abacus Swindell, Speed Lab. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> the Abacus <My> Speed Lab. <laughs> Whatever you would call. <laughs> no, but he's he's just been tremendous ever since he won the Chili Bowl and, and all year long and likely going to go on to win a uh, national midget title. I know we have a lot of races to go. Uh, we have to go out west and, and all that, but – uh, he's just, he's been tremendous. He's pretty close in the silver crown car, car too, right? Swanson leads the points, but he's right there. Yeah. He's uh Cody leads Logan by 16 points. There's just a few races left in that deal. And, you know, uh, this weekend it's, it's really hard to uh, pull away in either direction. You know, uh, Logan's been incredible on the dirt, but as you see at uh, Springfield, Cody runs fourth. So it, it's hard to, get a ton of points on anybody there. And then you go back to the pavement and it's basically Cody is going to win, you know, <laughs> oft, very often. And then he's, uh, and then Logan has really picked up the pavement program this year. He's going to run in the top five. And so it's basically a, you know, back and forth who can get the upper hand on the surface that they're technically not supposed to be <laughs> winning on. So, I mean, obviously Cody's won a ton of dirt races and, He's, I think he's second all time in dirt wins, but just, um, you know, it, the pavement side, he's there. The door and beats teams got it on lockdown for Cody. And they're so good right now. And he's been so good, obviously for 10 years, uh, just, uh, uh it's and without avoiding mechanical failures. And we saw that early on the year when Cody was leading IRP and broke with just about 18, 19 laps to go and went down way down in the order. And it kind of destroyed the early part of his season. He had to make up all that ground. So when he got the the three, three wins in a row in the summer on pavement, that got him uh, in pretty good spot to uh, build his lead. And Logan had a DNF at Winchester when the, when I, I think something on the right front broke and sent him into the wall. So they're like, even on DNFs too. So, you know, without those, you know, it, it's even with those, you know, it's basically even. So it's going to come down to not making a mistake. And these guys are, they don't, they don't make mistakes very often. So it's just going to take, uh, go down to the very end of the wire once again, as it did the last two years. So if you're, if you look at the numbers, what's left, you got gateway this weekend and then what Ducoin and, and Eldora and that's it. So IRP after that. Oh, that's right. And IRP. So there's two, there's two left of each two left on pavement and dirt. Okay. Yep. Cool. That'll be fun to watch. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And it was this race uh, that we got coming up on Sunday at gateway where um, I think 
CV was lead the points and had a DNF there. So, and Cody came back to win that one. And then CV went out and won, uh, won at DeCoin. So it's these guys, uh, bread and butter right now. And you're going to, in fact, they're going to be trying to run one, two every night. And you're, you're, you're going to be able to see that they're going to be toe to toe every night. And it's going to be fun to watch. Cause, uh, obviously these are the same two guys, uh, that, Championship came down to within a couple points the last couple of years. So this is our modern day uh, Gary Bittenhausen, Larry Dixon story. Uh, just so we're in year three right now, and and we'll see if uh, you know Cody can do what he does, and uh, if Logan can finally break through. We mentioned the Chili Bowl. Tanner Thorson won the Chili Bowl two years ago, and he ended up winning at uh, Wayne County, Illinois. Is it Wayne? It's Wayne County, right? There's so many dang yeah. Wayne counties, like. Yeah, but it's in Wayne City. Or it's Wayne City? No, Wayne? the track is Wayne County, but it's in Wayne City. Yeah, and we're living in Wayne's world, so. <laughs> I'm gonna point that. Out. I love that. But uh, Thorson in his own car, uh, own team. I think it's their second win of the year, right, Richie? Um, in the mid- in the midget series. What's that? Yep, they, they won two in a row. They won the uh, finale out at Fairbury, and then after a month off, came right back and won the Leffler Memorial. So that's right. He's got that role, and then uh, you know had a slow start out at Macon, but uh, got it. I think he fell back to about ninth and got back up to third at the end. So uh, there, he's rolling along pretty good in his own machine, and uh, you know he's, you know, the thing after every one of these wins is uh, you look at the the career win list, the career fast qualifier list. Like, dang, he's way up there. He's got uh, he's two t- two wins away from being in the top 10 all-time in USAC National Midget wow. Wins. We've got 29 right now, so I think 30 would put him uh, in elite company. Only, I think that's the, like the Dave Darlin, Johnny Parsons line is 30 wins, and Tanner Thorson's right there already. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying he could chase down Mel Kenyon's 111, but, you know, he's still, he's still in his 20s, you know. You know, how long he wants to do this and how long he uh, wants to continue to uh, keep at this and see how many wins he can rack up because he's in already rare territory right now. But uh, every win basically now, um, you know, he's moving up into uh, the upper echelon of the all-time stats. That's the Midget Series and Tanner Thorson. Um you can watch him compete uh, here coming up soon. And, of course, the BC39, uh, he'll likely be there. Uh, but Logan Seavey, we'll see what he can do, try to win that points title. He has a big, big gap. And uh, the, the Silver Crown title is going to be uh, one that, to watch coming down to the stretch here as well. The USAC National Sprint Car Series, the points title is close as well uh, between Brady Bacon, Emerson Axum, Justin Grant. Those guys head into the biggest sprint car race in Indiana this year, um, and that is the highest, the richest, non-wing sprint car race to ever happen in Indiana at uh, the Kokomo Sprint Car Smackdown. I am excited. I am going. Uh, Richie, what do we need to look for this week? Obviously, Kyle Cummins led every single lap of the Saturday finale and won by, I don't know how many seconds it was. You probably know the margin. I know at one point he had a three-second lead. Um, that car was dominant, and he won a lot of money, but uh, I think that's probably one of the heavy storylines going into the thing. And then See if Bacon can, you know, I think another storyline is can Bacon finally win a Kokomo race, right? That's he has yet to win a national sprint car series race at Kokomo. Right. And so, first of all, I think Kyle Cummins, I think the correct uh, interval between him and second place was a country mile. So <laughs> not sure how much that is, but I think I think it, the technical definition is country mile. <laughs> and uh, but you mentioned Brady Bacon. We'll we'll get my stat of the day out early, I guess. But that, yeah, it's the, one of the most astounding facts that we have. It's it's like the the fact that there's never been a driver named Smith in the Indy 500. It's kind of one of those. Like seriously, <laughs> but Brady Bacon, you know, he's raced there. He won his first career USAC midget race, USAC national race of any kind at Kokomo back in 2006 as a 16 year old. And, uh, you know, basically, since that point, he's started not every sprint car race, but, heck, most of them. Um, so, and, and in that time, he's finished second 
and a USAC sprint car feature eight different times. That's second eight times, but he hasn't picked up a win. And probably with you're shaking your head there, hear this one. So his Hoffman Auto Racing Dynamics team, they you know, they date back to you know, almost a century of racing here. And uh, basically on the USAC Sprint Car Trail, they've been basically full-time regular since 1988, uh, 87, 88, around there. And they've raced at Kokomo basically every year, multiple times. That team with 133 career USAC Sprint Car wins as team owners, most by far the most all-time, they've never won a USAC race at Kokomo. Wow. Which is insane. But uh, that's insane. So, so you know, if if it happens, you're like, man, it's got to surely happen. He's won at every place, basically multiple times, and he's won a track championship at Kokomo. He's won midget races. He's won local stuff against stout guys, a lot of USAC guys. So, I mean, it's just a, a matter of being in the right place at the right time and making it happen. He led a bunch, I think, during Sprint Week, and it just didn't work out. Finished second again. Um, but you know, this is one of those few milestones, a SmackDown win that he doesn't have on his resume. He's just about got everything else, but you know, as we've seen in the past, a lot of times when the big money's on the line, uh, Brady seems to rise to the occasion. So, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of guys out there that, uh, are vying for that prize. It's, uh, yeah, 30,000 to win on Saturday night, which is the largest winner's share for a sprint car race ever in indiana of any kind and actually you know the the lap money involved is pretty cool too it's 500 dollars per lap led so a driver can walk out of there with fifty thousand dollars at the end of the night and i know uh kyle cummins last year uh the base pay was fifteen thousand. he led every lap so he picked up uh, a total of thirty five thousand at the end of the night so a lot of money on the line, a lot of good money for these guys. So it's going to be, you know, this is one they want to win for just the resume reason, but heck, there's financial reasons too, and they love that aspect as well. Yeah, you you mentioned how uh, Bacon finished second in the Indiana Sprint Week show. C.J. Leary ended up winning. Um, Carson Garrett was on the podium, so those two cars really good. The last time we were at Kokomo, probably a couple to watch out for. Um, as far as the national championship battle, where does that stand? And and obviously three straight races with all with point implications, right? Every single night is a full point show. Uh, well, Saturday is uh, feature points only, but uh, it's uh, yeah, Brady Bacon. It's pretty tight at the top. Brady Bacon's up by nineteen over Axum, and uh, it's another uh, twenty three points back to Grant and third, and. Uh, yeah, it, all those guys have been good various points of the season. And just like any points race, you know, it's it's avoiding the uh, the misfortune, basically. And yeah. it, a lot of years, uh, Brady has been able to uh, just knock out top five after top five after top five. But, you know, there's, there's things that can happen. You never know. A car can spin out in front of you and change it all. We've seen that happen to Grant while leading this year out at Eldora, you know. Anything can happen. That's what uh, this sport is. That's why the sport's so great. So it's never a sure thing that, uh, you know, so-and-so is going to run away with it. And, you know, all these guys, three straight nights, you know, the, the you know if you get on the struggle bus and you can't find the handle or, heck, you damage your car on the opening night and you're just kind of fighting the rest of the weekend, you know, it's, it's kind of a, like a mini sprint week all of a sudden where, you know, things can tumble out of control or they can – no ball and avalanche on you, but you just got to get together and uh, finish off solidly and get out of there and, and be, stay within range or maintain your point lead and not fall too far back. But uh, this is one of those they don't really t- think about the points except the SmackDown points. So it's just about going out there and winning. And that, as the drivers say, you know, that take care takes care of itself if you just go out there and win. I was just looking at this. I was just looking at the schedule too. Um, there's still a lot of races left. I mean, you guys, even after SmackDown, you have 10 races left. Um, so even though there's no West Coast swing, there's still a lot of time for for guys to unravel or, or guys to kind of get it together and, and make a charge at Brady. 
Right. Yeah. We, we go down to Texas and Arkansas in a couple of weeks down to Devil's Bowl and Texarkana, two tracks, pretty much a lot of guys have never been to on our trail. And I've never been to personally. And USAC hasn't been down there. And since I think 1985, back when uh, Tears for Fears were at the top of the charts. Songs from the big chair. <laughs> Songs from the big chair. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so, you know, I've, Everybody wants to rule the world, you know, at the end of this. So. <laughs> it's for oh, yeah. But <laughs> we're just putting that, yeah, hammering that reference home. Nobody, <laughs> nobody watching this had Tears for Fears trivia on their bingo card before the start of this show. I said Tears for Cheers. I didn't even know what it was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. See, that's crazy. Well, T-Bone, those are the kind of moments that, you know, Richie and I would have driving down the road. You know, we we one time created an entire band that was the antithesis of uh, John <laughs> yeah. Cafferty and um, his band. The Beaver uh, Brown Band. Yeah, the Beaver Brown Band. We, had, we came up with an entirely, you know, inverse band of them just because we were bored and had nothing to do. So the music... <laughs> yeah, who, oh, who, who, who was on saxophone? Yeah, Terrence Timmons instead yeah, of Terrence, Terrence Clemens. Yeah, because we thought we thought it was a Bruce Springsteen song at first, but it was not. So that's how that, that's how the entire thing started. <laughs> Richie mentioned that uh, Kokomo, the SmackDown, is like a, a pretty much a non-traveling Indiana Sprint Week. It really is. Uh, the, pos- the 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 party is awesome, right? You don't have to drive anywhere. You can wake up, hungover, roll right into the racetrack. You know, three four p.m. be be just fine. Uh, that's what that makes it so great. How hungover would people be though if we see Dave Darland win a race? We just saw him win at Kokomo this week. You guys saw that. You saw that D Welch. Can can Darling get back into Kokomo victory lane? It's it'll, it'll be a tough, tough task, but he did beat the Indiana locals last week. I mean, he's the he's the all-time SmackDown driver and he's the all-time Kokomo king. So you wouldn't count him out of anything. So I mean he's the ultimate he legend. Qualify, right? He can qualify well. Yeah, I mean, never count him out. That's all I'll say. Never <laughs> count he, him out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, who who's won more at Kokomo? Nobody. No one. Who's won more at SmackDown? Nobody. So that's Dave Darlin. And, you know, he's the ultimate. Uh, yeah, you can. He's one of those guys that, you you know, you don't say any crosswords about Dave Darlin at Kokomo. You might. And that's uh, keep his name out your mouth if you're going to say bad things. You might end up like uh, uh, Chris Rock there. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's the he's so beloved, you know, all across the land, especially at Kokomo. So anything, no matter no matter what, he has the biggest cheers, and the people love him. You don't you don't see that. It's like Jack Hewitt at Eldora. You know, yeah. You know, it's the equivalent of that where you never hear uh, anything less than a cheer, except for that last time that uh, that one time Jack Hewitt got booed for hitting Ken- Kenny Jacobs, but uh, he turned those boos, he turned those boos into cheers all of a sudden. Only he could do that, but they could probably do the same. They're on the same, the same uh, level on that. So people hang on their every word. <laughs> that's, that's Ohio royalty on Ohio royalty crime right there. That's, that's uh, you can't do that at Eldora. No, uh, looking forward to the week. It's going to be tr- amazing. I wish D Welsh was going so we could drink a few beers and uh, watch him racing, but he he has to work. Where are you going? Gateway or something? Yeah, for IndyCar. Oh, that'd be good. And the Silver Crown race on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Silver Crown. Yeah, that's right. You guys got a busy weekend. You got four straight races, Richie. Are you going over there? I actually will not be going over there. One of the rarities no, I'm just is the, the, the with the advent of flow racing, <laughs> it allows uh, not to make that uh, a trip for for me personally because there would be uh, one of those deals. You know, to, we we've done them before, but getting older, <laughs> so it's it's hard uh, it's hard on the body. And by uh, by Sunday, I will have had no sleep for about. Forty hours. Yeah, <laughs> just typing it's, it's, along. It's so. hard on the body, and also you have to live as long as DJ did. So you know we have to. Yeah, 
you know, so you have to keep your body going all those years to, to keep doing this stuff for you, Zach, right? Yes. You got to eat healthy, hydrate, and eat peach drinks. So, <laughs> and lots of salt. Yeah. Salt, salt. Bring salt in your pocket. And, yeah. Uh, Tacos yeah. from the speed, speed drum. What, what is that place called? Over there by the speed drum? Taco uh, place. It's really good. Anyways, <laughs> I'm getting on Rocco track. Cafe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pork chop sandwiches this week. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> the Kokomo Speedway. Uh, looking forward to it, Richie. Kokomo Sprint Car Smackdown, the richest paying Indiana sprint car race happening this week live on Flow Racing. Go to the race, though. It's a tremendous atmosphere in Kokomo, Indiana. You can see Richie and I and uh, have a good time. All right. It's been the Loud Pedal Podcast on Flow Racing. We'll talk to you uh, here in a couple weeks. See you then.